Welcome to Your Health Guide, your how-to prescription for better health, translating cutting-edge research for your everyday life. Join naturopath and health educator Lawrence Katsaris for practical tips and insights to help you on your wellness journey. Thanks for joining me on Your Health Guide. I'm Lawrence Katsaris, and in this episode, I'm going to walk you through the ins and outs of following a detox diet. Because if you're about to start a detox, or just thinking of cleaning up your diet in general, you don't need to be feeling confused about what you can and can't eat. There's actually some fundamental dietary principles that can help your body detoxify, and understanding these can make your diet a lot easier and far more enjoyable. In this episode, I talk with naturopath Claire Murray, who specializes in working with sensitive clients and helping them remove toxins from their diet and environment to achieve better health. She spent many years helping her clients make these changes and has a really practical approach. Today, we will simplify a detox diet down to the main points to follow, so you clearly know in broad strokes what foods you should be including in your diet and what foods you should be avoiding. We'll dive into whether it's necessary to go organic or not and the pros and cons for this. And Claire shares some really simple but powerful tips on how to make dietary change easier, how to avoid temptation, and answers the ultimate question, how do you stick to a detox diet while maintaining a social life? It's an episode packed full of practical tips that I hope helps you with your dietary changes. Thanks for joining me today, Claire. Thanks for having me. Now, when we're talking about detox diets, what are the main attributes that we need to be looking at changing in our diet and why? Okay, there's a few main culprits here that we're going to want to be focusing on once you start on your detox. Number one, which we should all be well familiar with, is a big no-no during a detox is processed food. So that's food that comes in packages, that's pre-made, avoiding eating too many tinned foods. Uh, Closely associated with that would be sugar. We're wanting to eliminate processed sugar. That's very inflammatory and can really impede our body's capacity to detox. The next two are caffeine and alcohol. The contentious ones. The contentious ones. (laughs) They both, uh, they're both diuretics, so they can um, dehydrate the body, they can strip things like B vitamins from the body, and we need B vitamins and we need water when we're trying to detox. Uh, On top of that, they also directly negatively impact our liver's capacity to detoxify as well. So it can be a really, really nice uh, goal to focus on just to completely eliminate caffeine and alcohol during a detox, just to get the most out of what you're doing. Okay. Now, I know that these are difficult for people because they can often be crutches and people do like, you know, a drink in the evening or need their caffeine to get them started in the morning. Mm. And I think that's also interesting about the fact that, like, there is some evidence and some people will say, oh, but there's research that shows that caffeine's good for me or, you know, it's just the same as chocolate's good for me. I mean, how does that work? Like, why are we still avoiding that in the detox diet? Yeah, there's no doubt that... Definitely forms of alcohol and certainly caffeine has research associated with it showing its health benefits. For something like caffeine, uh, there's lots of evidence showing that it's a great antioxidant. However, there's also lots of other things in our diet and lifestyle that can act as antioxidants. And all of the wonderful fruits that you're going to be bringing into your diet throughout a detox, they can definitely replace you know, those health benefits that you could potentially get from caffeine. And 
depending how much caffeine, how many coffees a day you're having, how much alcohol a day you're having or, or weekly, the negative effects that you can get can easily outweigh the, the benefits that you can get, I suppose. So it's kind of nice in a way to not say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop drinking alcohol five days a week and I'm just going to have just going to have it one night a week because then that's really easy for it to turn into two nights a week or three nights a week and all of a sudden things don't actually look that different from what they did before. So just kind of use it as a bit of a, as a, bit of a reset, bring things back to baseline and just completely eliminate it out, I actually think is the easiest way to do it, even though it might sound like that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, you're completely right. I do agree with you in the sense that using the diet as a reset, otherwise people do start to, if they're having one glass, it easily turns into one and a half or mm. two. Um, and I think the other aspect is that these compounds like caffeine and alcohol upregulate certain processes of our detox, don't they? And the fact yeah. that they stimulate one phase of our detox, which can like detoxification, which can then actually change the way we detox elements. And so maybe like I find that undoes what you're trying to do with your supplementation yeah, or the program, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. And I guess on that, I, you know, the proof is in the pudding in the sense where when people come off their caffeine, they often for the first five, seven days, they can have you know, headaches or be feeling generally a little bit under the weather sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, which is generally a, a good idea or a good demonstration that obviously something is changed by them having those those compounds. Definitely. So, okay, we just need to be making sure we're diligent, removing those for the process of the detoxification program. Mm-hmm. And then not to say that when we're finished with the detox, these things are bad to have in moderation. It's yeah. just that take them out to allow it to fully reset during the program exactly okay now what about other factors that we're removing like what about wheat and dairy these are common foods that are avoided so why are they are they toxic for us is there a problem with them well there's a couple ways you could look at it there's definitely people who and we probably all know someone or it could even be yourself who when you eat gluten or dairy there is a reaction so people can actually have allergies to gluten and dairy or they can have intolerances to them so if you're one of those people and you know oh you know I don't do so great when I eat pasta or when I drink milk but you it sneaks in here and there anyway this is a fantastic opportunity just to eliminate them out and and have a bit of a reset just as we were talking about however even if you're not someone even if you're someone sorry who feels like they don't react to those things necessarily they're still quite hard for our body to break down and, and digest so gluten um is the protein that's found in wheat and dairy contains the protein casein which some people might have heard of before and they like I was saying can be quite hard to break down and and therefore can easily create inflammation in the body especially within the gut and that's something that we're definitely trying to avoid on a detox and also try to rectify and clean up and reduce that inflammation and heal your gut so you can feel better and feel those health benefits from that so again two very good things to remove yeah great and that inflammation just changes again our detox profiles doesn't it Mm. so it kind of gets in the way and you're doing one step forward with the detox program and maybe putting yourself one step back with eating these these wheat and dairies the proteins in them that can be difficult yeah okay interesting now what about organic versus non-organic like do we have to be going organic with our produce or how how do you get that to work yeah i feel like a detox depending how you look at it, can definitely have connotations of having to really strip things back and be super, super pure and clean. However, I would recommend 
looking or approaching organic with a somewhat kind of moderate mindset, I suppose. So um, there's definitely the thought out there that eating organic is the best way to go and that everything should be organic and that, you know, we're not doing the best thing we could if if we're not eating organic, which I would disagree with. I think let's not have another barrier towards eating as many fruits and veggies as we can. Uh, Basically, the reality is, yes, that our food, like our produce, our fruits and veggies, if they're conventionally farmed, they will be sprayed with things like insecticides and herbicides. And there's certain foods that will have, just due to their nature, so things like green leafy veggies, um, berries, uh, things like grapes, things like broccoli, they're often um, crops that are often sprayed quite heavily. So there's going to be crops like that that have a higher... Um, I suppose, load of those insecticides or pesticides on them, which means in inverted commas, I suppose they could be perceived as a bit more toxic than others. So from that perspective, just focus on trying to eat as many plant-based foods as possible, have a massive focus on eating as many veggies as possible for those crops that are commonly sprayed. Trying to eat them organic where you can is a really great way to go. Obviously, if you want to go gung-ho and eat your whole diet or all of your produce organic, that's fantastic as well. But just meet it where you can and do what you can and be mindful that there are some things that may be better to eat organic than others, but not everything. Yeah, and those things that are better to, if we were going to be going organic, they would be better with the berries, broccoli, green leafy vegetables. Was there anything else that I missed there? Oh, grapes. And grapes. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Now, um, the other thing that I do also uh, find that people get a little bit confused about with the organic aspect as well is that it's not just, there's benefits from organic produce beyond just the fact that they're free from um, these chemical compounds is the fact that they've got higher levels of phytochemicals, don't they? And that sense that we see in the research shows that your vitamin and mineral content from organic produce may not be that dissimilar from non-organic produce, but what is very different is obviously the the chemical loads of herbicides and pesticides, as you mentioned, yeah. but also the organic produce has higher levels of natural compounds found in this produce called phytochemicals and those phytochemicals are what seem to communicate with our own cellular processes and encourage our health and that those phytochemicals are found in higher levels in the organic produce because it's what helps keep that produce alive yes. you know like and those phytochemicals are really what we're trying to cultivate from enhancing our digestive uh, detoxification processes yeah. like you mentioned broccoli and that's high in the phytochemical known as sulforaphane mm-hmm. and how that actually stimulates our detox and so you'll have higher sulforaphane in organic broccoli than non-organic broccoli yeah so yeah nice nice benefits there i guess of organic beyond just being cleaner i suppose yeah so that's produce but what about our meat like do we have to be avoiding meat on a detox diet or if we are why is it important what's you know, what's wrong with meat or why would that be impacting our detox mm, it's a good question coming back to that concept i suppose a good way to answer this is coming back to that concept of using this as a bit of a reset and using this as a bit of a coming back to baseline what we're really trying to do and your number one focus on a detox is trying to include as many plant-based foods as possible and that can really um, then lead to be okay well is there space on my plate left over for meat you know is meat something that I'm meant to be doing is meat healthy for me and they're all good questions to ask I think meat itself there's nothing um, 
particularly wrong with that. It can often be the way that it's processed, the conditions that the animal can um, be exposed to when it's growing, um, whether it's exposed to um, toxins itself. So for something like red meat, as a general recommendation, we advise or I advise my patients to choose leaner cuts of meat. So when you're eating uh, less amounts of fattier cuts of meat, often if the animal has been exposed to toxins, that will accumulate in the fat tissue. Just like if we're exposed to toxins, it can accumulate in our fat tissue. So with, with things like red meat, going for your leaner cuts is a great way to go. For uh, meats like pork and chicken, quite often they are farmed and that means, um, you know, if they're living in close, close quarters, they're often exposed to uh, antibiotics or um, hormones to accelerate their growth. So they can be really, really nice ones that even though it might cost a little bit extra to choose to go organic that way, but there's that concept of crowding out when it comes to eating healthy where it's not so much saying oh you know because this is organic and that means I can't eat as much of it that um, there isn't room for that on my plate anymore it's just that once we've already started eating so many more veggies and that's already filled up such a large part of our plate that's a really nice thing to focus on not so much that you know I can't eat as much meat anymore if that makes sense yeah so that crowding out concept is really just be filling your diet with more plant-based foods and through that you end up squeezing out the need for you know your wheats or your sugars etc and yeah. and also then that probably minimizing some of your your size of your portions of your meat yeah, yeah. exactly yep now outside of the implementations of the or outside of the fundamentals of the diet do you have any tips or recommendations on how to actually implement that how to make it easier how to follow through with the the dietary program yeah, there's so many things you can do. It could be really, really easy to implement, I think, as you said, with the kind of the right mentality and also I think with a good little bit of planning as well. So make sure um, once you've got this all underway that you've got good processes in place. So, um, you know, you're lined up to go to the farmer's market if that's what you want to do to get all of your produce, uh, that you've put aside some time on Sundays to do some meal prep. Like that's honestly sounds however like daggy or boring it sounds honestly telling my patients to do that it changes everything and you're so thankful on once you get to Tuesday or Wednesday and you had a really busy day and you had something on that night and you come home and a you like don't feel like cooking anyway but b it's stopped you from eating something unhealthy outside of your detox template because you just had something there and you're ready to go Definitely. Like, I think that in any kind of dietary implementation, it's always about the planning, isn't it? Like, mm. if we're not planning, we're going to find ourselves, as you're saying, in that sticking point when you're tired and you're out of time and it's going to be all too easy just to, to get the foods that we can always get readily available, which are not always the healthiest. Yes. And I think you can always make that quite fun as well. Like, you can, it doesn't have to be sort of boring as such. Like, I think spending that time on the Sunday and, you know, you might get together with your partner and you try cooking out some different recipes or exactly, with your flatmate yeah. or your family and just plan those meals and spend a little bit of time it could could be quite enjoyable yeah I find. and you can that means that you've got other people on board as well that can kind of be like your cheerleaders or maybe they can be doing it with you and it can be really nice as well to set that standard and that you know when it comes to during the weeknights then that everyone's on board with what you're doing and everyone's kind of across it in that they're not having to make like three different meals for three different people and everyone's all on the bandwagon with you it is makes so, life a lot easier it is so much easier isn't yeah. it the more people in the house that you can get 
on the program and it's going to be healthy for them mm. and it just means that yeah you're not the you're not the mother who's trying to cook the healthy meal for you and trying to cater for yep. um, what else and there's that many healthy options available now that it's I think it's becoming a lot more fashionable okay so planning on Sundays yeah. um, planning ahead and you know going to the farmers markets to get your produce uh, any other tips and tricks a really big one that I would say is once you're on it or before you get started on your detox, really think about the areas that you will be your first areas to fall down if you were to fall down. And, you know, this could be something that uh, habits that you're in that you're really going to have to focus on breaking or that you're maybe doing the detox to try and help yourself break or things that you know that you may be just a little bit too addicted to at the moment. So they can be really classic things like, you know, sugar or caffeine. So that again is where the planning comes in and makes it so useful and just use your time of detox to really really focus on those areas that may have become your vices and putting things in place to replace them with uh, that are a much healthier alternative and just experimenting with some different things so like for me if I knew that sugar was a big area that you know come three o'clock every day I'm looking for something sweet and I've got a big stash in my office drawer then you know during a detox um, taking the time on Sunday to you know maybe make some bliss balls or some you know healthy muffins or something like that so that you have something there that's going to help you during that time which I think you know make it easy for yourself yeah then as opposed to just thinking I'll just deny myself like I'll just yeah because it's not at some point some people can just go and you'll your cave yes um so yep. trying to find yourself not necessarily the lesser of evil it's still healthy and still compliant yep. with the diet and adheres to our prin- the principles of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. but at least doesn't feel like you're depriving yourself of that fun yes um on that i was just thinking as well with the sugars i do find they are the biggest weakness for individuals of making sure you're clearing it out of the visible places in the pantry at home like it's going to be hard to yeah. fight those urges at night if you're opening up the pantry and at eye level you can see the chocolate or the biscuits or it's in the freezer as the ice cream or whatever it might be like mm-hmm. um move them to the bottom or put them in a Tupperware or container or something, a tin, and put them at the back of the pantry so yeah. you're not seeing them and they're not just taunting you every every day yeah. or every time you open it. And that can be uh, another reason for that accountability or getting everyone else on the household on board because, you know, if you have partners or family or flatmates that even if you're not bringing it into the house, they will be, you know, if you can get them on board with it, maybe they can kind of keep it out of sight or they can have a few weeks off it as well which mm, makes things a lot easier for sure yeah that's in the home but I mean the question that I always get is oh well what am I supposed to just like stop all my social activities mm. for the next four or six weeks what are your recommendations for when people are eating out I think we're pretty lucky in Australia I don't think it's too hard I think it's again bringing that mentality to it that I'm just going to commit to it and for however many weeks that you're on the detox we're just going to plan ahead and make it make it work so as for eating out I think wherever you go you know in some way you're always going to be able to get some version of meat and veg or meat and salad so that's what I would try and recommend and that may seem boring seem boring saying it like that but you know we know that's really the case once we're out with all of the options that we have just try and pick something as clean as possible and also avoid things like um dressings and sauces where you might not be able to tell like how much sugar or how much dairy is in there so just try and keep things you know as colorful and as fresh as possible and then you can still certainly go out and and enjoy things with people I think if you have uh, the capacity to organize it then you can always be the one to pick the restaurant and then you know that you'll be able to eat something when you get there 
you know, you can kind of dictate like what cuisine you can go and eat or something like that. Um, or if someone's planned something or if you have an event, I always even recommend to my patients, like just look up the menu before you go and just see what you can eat or see what potential there's going to be. So you always, again, just plan. Mm, and that stops, I find that is a really important tip because that stops the, you get there and you're hungry and you see the burger on the menu or mm. whatever else and think, oh, I just want that. You kind of, yeah. you've already made your decision as you minimise, I guess, that decision-making fatigue of, mm. you know, that that's what you're going to be having. Yeah. I also find that um, sometimes then they're not drinking when they're out, like just when so socially trained, I suppose, that you might just have your glass of wine or your beer mm. when you're out. Yeah it can be hard not doing that at all and so getting people to just have soda and fresh lime can be an easy way that at least you kind of keep yourself you know you're drinking and it also avoids that conversations that you'll always get roped into where other people want to sort of bring you down oh why aren't you drinking blah 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 and so yeah that could easily be some vodka or gin in there it just so happens that there isn't yeah yeah um yeah uh okay that's that's fantastic there's a lot of good tips in there i mean really I guess it comes back to planning, like planning for your week, planning when you're going to be in a social engagement, what you could be eating there, mm. going for, as you're saying, the cleaner foods, which are source-free, you know, and that should still be very flavoursome. Yes. Um, and looking at more the meat, the fish, the salad, the veggie kind of salad mm-hmm. um, combos. Um, mm. And, yeah, I think that helps implement it and just allows us to adhere. We're not talking forever. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's not forever. And like, even though it's just, I suppose, changing that mentality too of that it's really not deprivation. It's really like, look at the amazing thing that you're doing for your body. And it is just a temporary thing. And it could, you know, potentially set you up into some great habits moving forward once you stop your detox as well. Definitely, definitely. Once we've Mm. we've reset and we can start to see, gee, I was having a little bit too much sugar or Mm -hmm. alcohol or whatever our vices might have been. And I love that idea of what you're saying recognize where those vices are for you mm-hmm. plan ahead of how you can support your success with that and they're probably also good areas to make sure that we are avoiding because um, I think that's also the benefits of doing a detox through the guidance of a practitioner is they can say oh gee well Lawrence the reason why you're craving sugar so much or the reason why you're loving that drink to wind down at the end of the night is for x and y or z yeah. and they're going to be giving us supplementation that can help support that and I think that you know, really identifying that through the through the practitioner is mm. important. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Claire. That's given us some really um, important advice about how it is so critical to be improving our diet through the detox program, focusing on the produce, helping to crowd out the good things so it then minimises the bad anyway, and the importance of why we would be removing those you know, caffeine, alcohol, wheat, dairy, sugar, processed food, tins foods, etc. Mm-hmm. And some nice practical tips about how we can, can implement that. So thanks very much for your time. No worries and good luck with your detox. Thanks for listening to Your Health Guide. Any resources or links discussed in the episode can be found at metagenics.com.au. To help you continue on your health journey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you found this episode useful, please rate and review us. If you have any questions about how this information could relate to your health condition, please go and speak to your natural healthcare practitioner who can provide you with specific advice for your health needs.